Hey, what's up, listener? Thank you for pressing play this week on the Jock and Nerd podcast. Disney and Sony break up in public, leaving the future of the Spider-Man franchise up in the air. A new Matrix movie is announced, and Kevin Smith is bringing a new He-Man animated series to Netflix. Wowie zowie! Plus, we got another Patreon-sponsored retro movie review as we discuss the cult fantasy classic Willow from 1988. Mad Mod again! All that and a whole bunch more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for August 22nd, 2019. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and be nerded. Be funny, disturbing. Jock and be nerded. Spoiler alert. That's right, listener, we're jockin', we're nerdin', what's up, thanks for joining us, welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we Boing. give, but where we give you, it's not that point yet, Anthony, it. I have to explain what the Jock and Nerd Podcast ah. is, and it's where we give you comic book and superhero TV movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose, cue it! Jock and Nerd! Boing. That's the boing! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And over there in the corner... Is a dude that literally has to look up to Warwick Davis. It's everyone's favorite podcasting puppet. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I need to find Alora Donna. <laughs> Dada. But Dada. Uh, Rugs. <laughs> Mad you, Mod again. You were, you were in Mad Mod again. Where are you going? Rugs lost the baby. Rugs, you were supposed to get that baby to safety. But Mad Mod again. <laughs> Every time you hear Mad Mod again or anybody's name, you have to drink. Oh, my <laughs> That's God. That's the best game. Bev Morda. Uh, listen, we'll get to Willow. But before we get to Willow. <laughs> no one wants to get to Willow. Nobody wants to get to Willow. <laughs> but we are going to get there. But, uh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. What a crazy week. I'm not even playing the bumper music here. We have to dive in to the huge news that made nerds everywhere lose their shit. It is the fact that for the past four years, Disney and Sony have been in a lovely blissful marriage sharing custody of one spider-man right earlier this week spider-man's mommy and daddy uh had a big fight and broke up oh shit. getting a divorce leaving us essentially with spider-man no longer in the mcu oh shit and kevin feige no longer involved in anything spider-man now before we dig in, this is going to be like a therapy podcast for me because this messed me up a little. Yeah, settle in, folks. Settle in. <laughs> it's going to be quite a ride. Let We need to briefly explain the backstory. Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man and 900 characters. Uh, it, about 2014, 2015, Sony and Disney had come to an unprecedented agreement. This, well, well, wait, wait. Before, but yes. before you got to be able to provide context. Yes. Sony was planning on making their own Spider-Verse. Correct. And that all fell apart with Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was a complete box office, or not box office, critical failure, and not as successful in the box office. 
So at that point is when they decided to reach out to Marvel. It wasn't like they did this out of the blue. They were yeah. a little bit in the rut. They were, and, yeah. And they own the rights because Marvel sold them the rights when they were going bankrupt. Well, the rights to the movie have been bouncing around since the 80s. Right. Going through Canon Films, Carol Co. Films. Uh, the deal was you had to make a movie every five years to keep the rights to Spider-Man. Uh, finally, they end up at Sony in the late 90s. Uh, and le- giving them, uh, starting with Sam Raimi's movie. And Sony now giving us essentially one of the best Spider-Man movies ever and one of the worst <laughs> Spider-Man movies ever. So the deal at the time f- was, Kev, and the meantime, the MCU is starting. It's 2014, 2015. It's firmly planted. They're growing. Uh, Sony said to Disney, we will let you lend you Spider-Man to use. And at the time, it was just Captain America Civil War. Later amended to Avengers Infinity War Endgame. We will let you use Spider-Man in your movies. You guys can keep all the money and the profit from those movies. In return, we will hire your creative services, Kevin Feige, and your production team and Marvel Studios will make standalone Spider-Man movies that Sony will pay for. Marvel gets 5% of first dollar gross on the standalone Spider-Man movies. Now, that's important. It's five. And all the merchandising. Well, in, a, yeah. in 2011, Sony hurting for money sold back the merchandise rights to Marvel, and they regret that. So right, sure. Disney, on the one hand, has all the merchandising rights, is uh, made... Uh, the movies that Spider-Man have been in have made uh, billions of dollars for Marvel. Right. But at the same time, they have given Sony... In Far From Home, their first billion-dollar Spider-Man movie, and now Far From Home just edged Skyfall to be Sony's highest-grossing movie of all time. Let me provide But Marvel's not putting up any money either. No, they're not. They're just raking in the profits. You know, they're having Sony pay them to make the movie, and they're getting 5% and the merchandising. So it's a pretty sweet deal for Marvel. It's a nice deal for Marvel, for sure. There's a little more context to this, though. So when Marvel made this deal with, or Sony made this deal, Marvel was rolling pretty hard. Yeah. But they aren't what they are now. So they've used Spider-Man to even propel them from, you know, before he went in Civil, before the Civil War was Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Yeah. Movies that were okay. Yeah. Like they were, they, but they weren't in the stratosphere they are now. So they've used Mar- so um, Spider-Man to kind of propel them a little further. Um, but in this time that this partnership was happening, something big happened for Sony, yep. which is they made Venom. Venom, yeah. although critically not the greatest movie, made a lot of money. Yeah. That made Sony a little bit more confident. Also, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse comes out, yep. which is regarded as one of the best animated films of all time as far as uh, superhero films. Wins the Oscar for best animated movie. Right. But it so, wasn't a financial like juggernaut, though. But it was but it but it made money yes. and it w- and it was critically acclaimed so you have two mo- the context here is now you have two movies that Sony has now produced in the spider in the, with Spider-Man characters that yes. are successful Which, so both yes. companies are now coming to the table with yes. this confidence okay right? so here's the deal uh there remember previously there was a rumor that if far from home made a billion dollars it would stay with Marvel for a third movie. But I sure. guess that wasn't the case. There wasn't anything in place. Basically, originally the deal was for Tom Holland for five movies. This was the deal. He has done all those five movies. So it's time to renegotiate. This is a business move. How it got so public is crazy. Uh, no, I, it's, it got, I'll explain why it got okay, public. Okay, so Disney 
Uh, and so when he meets saying, what are we going to do? Disney's like, look, they actually, in this article from Hollywood, uh, a reporter, I think has the most accurate information. Uh, they were looking for a 30% stake. A lot of people are saying 50%, but uh, maybe it's somewhere between 30 to 50%. More than five. More than five. But Disney was also like, we will 50% fund the movie with you, but we made you a billion dollars. We want 30%. Sony, in response, doesn't counter. In the, essentially says... Listen, Kevin Feige, thanks for uh, setting up this layup. Thanks for setting up the ball, but we think we can take it from here. Goodbye, essentially, removing well, Spider-Man from the MCU for right now. Well, well, let me, let me, there's a little bit more to that, though. Disney did ask for more. Their mindset is Spider-Man hasn't been awesome like this until we came back right. with you, right? Right. Um, Sony obviously has, you know, the, the cachet of, Venom and now like into the Spider-Verse. Um, but they also countered with, and they came out with this after Disney first, the story came out, I yep. think from Disney's side, they came out with, Hey, Kevin Feige's too busy now for us. No, He's got, this is, this was Sony laying the blame at Kevin. Right, Feige's no, but they're feet. saying, they're saying Kevin Feige has got all these projects. He yeah. just got the X-Men. He just got the fantastic four back. He's not going to ca- focus on us anymore. Yeah. So, which is a good well, point. I, if I can look into this a little bit, yes. Um, this is what I think happened in the meeting. Um, Disney came in, said they want thirty percent, that they're going to co-finance, and uh, Sony was like, "Oh, why the fuck am I going to give you this money? Like, this is crazy." Well, he's like, "Well, you know, it doesn't really behoove us for to do this unless we're making some money, and we got Kevin Feige, he's busy, and." We can't afford to put him on these movies if he's not. We're not making this thirty percent, right? So that and Sony was basically kicking that out there to people is that that was their argument yeah. for asking for the thirty million. Kevin Feige's time has become a lot more valuable. Right. I, I would also add on. I think you know Marvel's. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think they're like, dude, why are we le- loaning our best creative guy here? Yeah, yeah. When we're not, ma- we're only making five percent. So I think they did swing their dick and was like. 50%, 30%, whatever the fucking number yes. is. Right. Sony countered. We're like, nah, like, we're confident now. We, 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 wanna, we can want to include Venom. We want to do a bunch of things. We can build our own Spider-Verse now. And they were like, no, we won't counter. We're going to stick at this 5%. I don't think they thought that Disney would release this because I think what they thought is Disney has invested this amount of time into creating this MCU with Spider-Man. Yeah. It would look really bad or it would it would... It would really fuck things up if Disney pulled Spider-Man from the MCU. But Disney was like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to negotiate this now publicly, and we're going to put the blame on Sony. So now you see all these petitions like, boycott Sony, well, boycott that, Sony. That's it's hilarious. because Disney did this on purpose. So they Disney, released it. Th- Disney's yes. in the power position exactly. in the yep, negotiation. Yep, yep, yep. All right? exactly. So, number one, they came in, they demanded more money. They also said they they justified the reasoning for asking for more money. He's like, look, we're, yeah, you have an asset that we really need, which is Kevin Feige. Uh, we don't want to lend him to you unless he unless you're willing to pay. Yep. Um, Sony scoffs at that, and then they go out, they go public and saying, well, look, Sony fucked you out of Spider Man yep, in, yep, in the MCU. Yep, yep, yep. So Sony looks go like the bad get guy. Him. And it was totally engineered by Disney. Absolutely. And because uh, Sony is punching up here. Yeah, they're the weaker. Yep. They're the weaker yep. company. Yep. Right. They really need Spider-Man. They, this is one of their only flagships in their in their whole like, movie brands and their franchises. So, you know, Disney's the one 
but, basically laying down the hammer. But who yep. needs Spider-Man more at this point? Because Kevin Feige has now put Spider-Man in the position to well, be the new Iron Man, to be so entrenched in the MCU. It would really disturb their continuity. I think but they could survive. They from would it. survive. And I, I agree. I think Marvel would survive from yes. it. I think we there's no press. I, I, from what I read, John Watts isn't necessarily signed on for anymore. I don't think John Watts is a factor. No. I think that he's 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 just another director that does he didn't didn't do anything that was special to me in these movies. He just did like every other movie like you know well, that, well, that Marvel does. Well more more what I'm getting at is that there's no just because it's been good so far. Yeah. Doesn't mean that like Sony this is the cue that Sony's learned from their mistakes and they're like, yeah, we can continue yeah, that. There's absolutely. no precedent for Sony. No being able to continue this Absolutely on their own. Absolutely not. Uh, as far as John Watts, he's done with his two-picture deal after Far From Home. So he, the, he could be, if this deal falls flat, he could easily be snapped up by Disney to do an MCU movie. Tom Holland uh, has... I think the key rise with Tom Holland and the rest of the cast. Tom Holland has an option for one more movie. Mm. His contract is done, but he has the option mm. to do one more. They were reporting that they were working on two. Well, I know Sony would love... To have him interact with uh, what's the fucking Venom's guy's name? Uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Like so, that's that's one of Sony's play. The other, I mean, the other play here is Sony. Maybe has a lot more confidence now. Maybe false confidence. They, that Morbius movie is going to happen. Have they? Has Sony gotten their shit together? So Sony enough? might think they have their shit together. Uh, so look, I think I first of all, let's go back. I agree with you, Anthony. I think Disney leaked this because look oh, at what they, they totally did. Look at what happened. This thing comes out. Everyone goes fuck you, Sony. Not even thinking about the other side. Sony has to release a thing saying as we own actually, the character. Yeah, they own the character. They're saying it was actually Disney. Kevin Feige is too busy. Sony stock dropped. Drops a little bit that day. Now they're so Disney's putting the screws on them. Yeah. Uh, and Sony's got some balls to hold their position. Uh, in the long run, I really do think something is going to be worked out. There's Absolutely. too much at stake. It's all about money. There's too much money on the table right now. I, I yeah, think it's going to so be too. a deal. I think this is all going to be free. I mean, this, is, this is like James Gunn. Remember? Yep. 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 I think it'll be worked out eventually because there's, there's too much money involved for both companies to not NPR. And just like it would stink creatively if, regardless of how you feel about how Spider Man's been portrayed by Marvel, the story is clearly not over. It would stink to have that to end right now. You, it's a no win situation if you're Sony because there's going to be the stench of this on the next movie. Yep. No matter how good the movie is, it could be a fucking great movie. Now, my personal opinion about the Marvel Universe MCU Spider Man. Obviously, I think that they could do a lot better, and Sony can do a lot better, or anybody could do a lot better um, than what they've done. I think the fact that they've pulled the wool over people's eyes and made people love this Spider-Man just because of the actor that's involved. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that Spider-Man has lost a lot being in the MCU. He's been diminished in so many ways. So if they could somehow br- bring that back, it still wouldn't work because people are going to be thinking about how they've been robbed of something in the right. MCU. So it's like a no-win situation. Do I think that they can make a better Spider-Man movie? Absolutely, than than Marvel because they're what they're doing in Marvel and the MCU is they're trying to fit Spider-Man into the MCU as this integral piece, right? And they're linking him into Tony Stark. They're making him do this and do that, and all of this stuff is related to stuff that's outside of Spider-Man. Um, so it's like not Peter Parker centric. It's not 
his rogues gallery. It's not any of that stuff. Such a, we just got J. John Jameson teased. That's for the a thing, dude. The, the 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 cliffhanger bombshells. The way they set up the end of Far From Home. It would be such a shame if there was no resolution. Well, It'd be well, fucking actually, crazy. Actually, that 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 cliffhanger actually it could work. works in Sony's favor because it, that can be just a standalone Spider-Man story. Mm-hmm. So that would work if Sony wanted to just do this. The the thing that's for me would be a shame. I've, there's no winner in this for if, yeah. the if fans the, especially yes, are the yes. worst. Yep, yep. But the thing that's a shame for would be would be a shame for me is if this ends up being a break off. Sure, Sony can make better Spider-Man films. I, I agree that there could be better Spider-Man films, but to not have the option of Spider-Man appearing in other MCU films and not interacting with the Marvel characters that have been in the comics for yeah, years yeah. is a shame. Yeah, no and one's going to be able to get over that. Right. And I and anecdotally, again, when I watched Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, my theater every time Spider-Man came on was going nuts. Yep, yep, when Civil yep, War, when yep, he comes in, Infinity yep. War, when he dies, Endgame, when he reappears, the crowd loves Spider-Man. The people like Spider-Man with these other characters. Now, the solo films could use work, but when he's with the other characters in these ensemble films, yep. people go nuts. I mean, I'm so torn. It's, it's like you have... You know, the whole play set and you have one figure missing. Right, right. So it's just like you're going to feel a loss that he's not in the in the MCU. I mean, and literally it would be the one character Marvel g- does not get back. The thing is, is this has always been kind of a like that the kind of an arranged marriage. Yeah, we I knew feel. this was going to come to a this renegotiation was always, point. Because yes, this remember is inevitable. coming up to this. Yeah, there would always be these things like, oh, yeah, like. Venom could cross over with Spider-Man, yeah. and then they'd interview Feige and be like, no, Venom's not in <laughs> yes. this universe. Like, Sp- Sony on its own still has aspirations to make its own Spider-Verse. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, and they're going to the, make it. But the thing is, is like, they want to make their own films. Kevin Feige can't produce all the Spider-Verse films. Yeah. He can't produce Venom, and like, he's got his own universe, like X-Men, all that stuff. So this was always going to come to a head eventually is... Hey, you're we're like we want to do our own thing. We would love to have you a part of MCU and Kevin Feige and MCU and Disney being like, this is only one guy. He's not making fucking Venom and Morbius films. God damn it. We don't care about that. Well, they're saturating the market with Spider-Man stuff now. Uh, they are a little bit, which they, is sad they're, to they're see. They're overdoing it, and it's going to blow up in their face. It is like, one guy, but it's the one guy who made him the most This, this money. was always going to come to a head, though, eventually. Oh, absolutely. This two. is what I think that this posturing is going to boil down to. All right? There's going to either going to be a counter offer and a deal made, okay, or this is the big long play. This is the hail mary pass that Marvel buys back Spider Man, or they buy for like Sony. a billion. They give them like <laughs> six billion dollars. The thing is, like they've made Spider Man more. Like if that was the case, they've made Spider Man more expensive to buy back. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden now, uh, he becomes. But if Sony thinks they can't make their own Spider Man movie, people are going to boycott it. Right. What are they going to do with it? They're going that five years is going to expand, and then they're going to lose it anyway. They might as well get some money for it. I think the other thing though is, are we kind of overlooking the casual fan? Does the casual fan know? It, like, would they know that this happened? No, but the Twitterverse that's knows, true. and and that that pressure alone is what got James Gunn fired. That's true, and all that stuff. So all I think that the they're, they're counting. Marvel is doing some Machiavellian bullshit right now. They're trying <laughs> to get Spider Man back. Right. And they're going to want to. They're going to throw an offer to Sony. They're going to be like, "Here's six billion dollars. Give us Spider-Man back, and you know, you guys walk away with six billion bucks. And uh, you're never going to get uh, 
good faith on the fans ever again if you fucking but is it just spider-man or the 900 characters you buy all back? of it uh, you yeah you'd have it. to yeah, do the six, whole it, catalog spider-man's not worth alone six, six billion, billion. get all the characters maybe. it's dude it's so crazy how the tables have turned when the deal started sony needed disney to help them and now venom really helped them it, Sony. And, and, it, and emboldened them and Fiji did consult on that didn't get a producer's credit didn't want it but now disney needs sony to play ball well no no one no one in the mcu is looking at that venom film like yeah we want to tie that in right right no one want, like yeah. they don't want that uh and uh it's and and the fact that this like normally these negotiations nobody would have known that this was going on the fact that it's so public, I think, is is it's it's brilliant. Let's not forget who the big evil corporate overlord is here. Disney's hands are not clean. No, they're they're definitely the bully. In you this don't. Situation. They're definitely the bully. You don't get that big by playing clean, people. Like they're they, the bully, but Sony nah. is also Sony is also the guy that was like got the girl back, and they're like. Fuck you! We're feeling good about this again. Like they were down in the dumps, like the complete jock loser that like was striking out, like the 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 college jock that went back to high school, and they're like, "Dude, you're too old to be here." <laughs> and now the jock is like, got like a, a college girl, and he's like, "I'm dating this hot girl again. Yeah, Let's yeah. see what happens." Like, come on, what's what's going on here? Uh, yeah, he's getting a little, getting a little. They're too both. Proud. They're both. They're both like in this position of they don't want to give an inch. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a Sony's crazy stalemate. Well, if Sony stands their ground and makes a movie, yeah, it has be to be fucking amazing. Yeah, they well, better call me up and like uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll shoot them straight. I mean, I've been going back and forth all week. week on the one hand, this. On the one hand, this. And because there's sides to both arguments, but you guys are right. If the deal falls flat, it's lose lose for everyone. Absolutely. Sony hurts more than Disney. The fans hurt the most. The well, fans hurt the most. The end game is. That if Sony puts out a, a Spider-Man movie and loses money on it, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fan backlash is so bi- big, they're going to lose the rights because then they have to make another movie and then no one's and they're not going to be willing to risk uh, putting the money out there to make this movie because it costs $200 million to make a good Spider-Man movie. I- I'm willing to bet if Sony is doing this on their own, it ends up happening, you're going to see Venom in that movie. Shit, oh, I mean, right away. On the one hand, would I like to see a, a and you'll, maybe you might see that fucking who's the Jared Leto's Morbius? You might see him in the movie. Oh, absolutely, and because the, they're planning on the they had the silver and black movie, they were planning on the Sinister Six, and, and you'll get a Miles Morales. T- you'll get everything right right away. Well, uh, I have. We're going to talk about a couple of things that they are doing because uh, Lord and Miller have earlier this month. Lord and Miller d- uh, discussed that they are working on several live action Spider-Man series for television. Uh, they, they, they didn't say what, and they didn't say where, but they are actively working on live action Spider-Man shit. So on the one hand, would I like to see Sony recast as, with an adult Spider-Man and just pick up, start him. Like he's, he's older. He just graduated college and you can, and you, you don't have to be beholden to the overhead of Tony Stark and all these things. And can uh, you actually have agency? I would love that. I don't see them doing a Spider-Man starring series they, oh they're gonna use him in you, other i think they'll things. use i think they'll use the other characters that would be the wrong way to use the spider-man if you get it back i, I would think, think. That, now think. what is what is the mcu's um you know strategy if they lose spider-man for the time being i think i think mcu just continues chugging along and they're like well we were lending out our most creative guy and we were only getting five percent back Fuck it. And we got the X-Men back. We got Fantastic Four. We'll be fine. But this could be their first 
fuck up. This could possibly prove that the MCU Disney isn't infallible because of the way they set him up to be so connected to Iron Man to be the next Iron Man. If they don't come to an agreement, this could be yeah, Disney's. That's a stupid play. That's a that big shows a fuck lo- up right there. <laughs> that shows a lot of hubris, right? That's a that was a, that is some bullying. That well, is well, extreme bullying. I mean, at this point, Disney at this point is is pretty failing. As the kids would say, they're failing themselves right now. Well, but they 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 think they can. I mean, just evidenced by the Phase Four release, which Rugboy, when we talked about it off air, was like, "This has to be a joke." Like literally. Their hubris is so big that they can go with a Phase Four release right now, which is like Shang Chi, yeah. Jane Foster, yep. Thor, yep. and like Doctor Strange, and they're like feeling good about this. Like, yeah, yeah. This is, we killed it out there. A Loki show. However, from the Disney point of view, leading up D twenty three, this is gonna be fucking interesting this weekend because Spider Man is on all the banners at D twenty three. If you think about it, Disney is having a really horrible, horrible, shitty week. Leading up to D23, starting with, you know, them admitting the Fox movies tanked. We took a little hit. Um, the, the, the public optics is that uh, Disney has lost Spider-Man in the MCU. And what's probably more important to them than all of this, they are dealing with a whistleblower out there that has accused them of falsifying revenue. There's a whistleblower saying Disney increases their money. They lie about how much they make. Uh, in the SEC is definitely going to want to check into that. Ooh. I would think that's a little bit higher priority than figuring out would, Spider-Man. That would be Disney. great if that I was hearing a lot of reports that theaters were empty for Captain Marvel and they were posting record numbers of ticket sales. That's true. Also, their their attendance to Galaxy's Edge is hurting a little bit. Apparently, like the parks are kind of empty, like they have they're struggling like for Disney. This is alarming. So they've not had the best best week and. This uh, this is helping. What do you think the optics are right now? I still feel like because people are like, I feel like people don't know that there's a bully in the situation. They don't. Don't Don't fucking storm Sony. I think I think you have the fact that there's a petition to storm Sony (laughs) is uh, proof that people People on Twitter they don't fucking know shit. They're fucking stupid, half of them. But Disney has 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 had everyone drink the fucking Kool Aid, and there's there's a lot of Kool Aid going on. Evil geniuses at this at PR. The PR is looking way better for worse. I I don't think the optics on Disney don't look uh, for me. Don't no. You think people people no. Yeah, I think I think they they've made the optics look bad on Sony and all all that other stuff you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't mention it, I'd have had no idea. And yeah. and I feel like I'm pretty connected to knowing what's going on in, yeah. in the movie industry, and I had no idea any of the stuff See, you were talking about. What happens is when you do something like this, right? Yeah. Um, Like, Disney's so fucking Machiavellian. Like, they, they, they release the shit first. Get the rage going. Yeah. Now everyone's fucking pissed at Sony. And then, like, maybe a few days later, like, there's things released by Sony or whatever about what's really going on with the deal. And then it's it's kind of more sympathetic to Sony, but people have already dug in their heels. Yeah, yeah. they're, you're, they're they not going to turn around. Yeah. They were first. Disney yeah. was first, and it was later. Were, like the Sony stuff that came out, like yeah, I, we we included that in the conversation. But people already the the rage culture that there that is today is already running out and setting up protests Dude, and, and, it and, happens, and boycotting Sony. It happened so quickly. They put it a statement out later. That day, trying to spin it, oh, you know, oh, back to Disney. Disney was playing chess already. Yeah, while Sony was playing checkers. With and their I mean, these talks day. have been going on for a long time. Like you said, this was inevitable. There, it's strictly business. You got to follow the money. 
Uh, and, and, and you always got to follow the money. Both sides are wrong and yes. they're right. Both yes. sides. Yes. yes, absolutely. Definitely are, are like so, are entitled to what they're asking for. Yep. And they're also both being stubborn and picky. Sony can make whatever Spider-Man movie they want. Really? They can do yeah. whatever they want. And, 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 Disney, and Disney's like, dude, we've only made 5% and we're lending out our best creative hand. And in Disney's mind, they're like, Spider-Man was in, in the dumps before we got here. Yeah, look, but, we made you a billion dollars. Yes. Okay. What if the fact that Spider-Man is included in all these other movies actually helped all of those other movies and they made money from those? That's a possibility. It, it, it's definitely a factor. I think Civil War... A lot of people were like running to see that because they were going to see the new Spider-Man. Fuck yeah, that was a but, huge. But part I of think it. I think Marvel's also probably like that boosted us for sure. But now all these other characters that people went and ran to see Spider-Man for these people love all these other characters. Well, they now. built the so universe. They got the rub yeah. from Spider-Man. They as well. built the universe on Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man, and that he that is the main that is the through line. That is what 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 uh, makes all the decisions. So Spider-Man is really kind of like a side ensemble character in the MCU at this point. And like you said, Rugs, they've used Miles Morales's shit and mixed it in with him. Well, and I have I have another thing that angle yeah. that I just thought of. Yes, maybe. Because we've, you know, you guys have talked about, especially how they've always kind of made Spider-Man Tony's sidekick. Yep. So he's kind of like the next Tony, but not necessarily like Tony's better, right? Right. Maybe that was strategic in the sense that if this were ever to come to a head, they were like, yeah, like he was popular, but he's not even as cool as Iron Man. Like he always looked up to Iron Man. Like they, they kind of sideline the character a little bit. So he would not be as popular as he could be. I mean, in the comic books, right. Everybody knows that Spider-Man is the flagship, right? You know, Iron Man, you know, though I collected Iron Man and thought he was cool. I was in the minority of people that liked it. I was following, uh, Iron Man in the comics and, uh, you know, he had a TV show that was really weird where he had long, a big mullet and, uh, (laughs) In the 90s, you know, and it was never as popular as the Spider-Man show. Yep. So even his animated series only lasted like a season or two. So, you know, it's like the fact that Iron Man is the flagship character of the MCU and Spider-Man is like second or third or fourth banana. Yeah. That's insulting in in a lot of ways. Like Peter Parker and Spider-Man, they have the history. They have all of these accolades. And um, Marvel did this out of out of out of need they needed to use tony because they didn't have spider-man right but i'm um, just thinking like evil evil plan yeah if this ever were to come to a head they were like well we didn't make him all that popular or we didn't yeah. make it we didn't make him that strong was, in this universe yeah it was it was done on purpose that absolutely they 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 diminished the importance of but, spider-man and, and, and on both sides the mcu can easily continue without spider-man no problem the way they have it set up and spider-man on sony's side can easily he has so many characters and villains you could easily have his own universe continue on sony's side the question not then is what is the quality gonna be right uh and you know they like i said they've made the best and worst for for disney it's we have this storyline and it's not we're not going to see it through for sony it's can you really do it on your own? Like th- those are the questions on both sides. The, 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 I think that it's easy to do on your own. It really is. I just think that they've been so desperate to try. Like, okay, so they had Sam Raimi. They he was doing okay. He did good. He did really All right. Uh, Spider Man Two shows you that he could actually do a really great Spider Man movie. 
Um, he was very beholden to the comics and the feel of the comics and all that stuff. Um, then Marvel student do, started doing this MCU thing, and they Sony was like, "Let's do an MCU. We're going to do Sinister Six. We're going to introduce like this whole thing, and maybe do all the Spider characters and all this other stuff. Like get Silk in there, blah blah blah." And it didn't work out. They blew it on that. They, they they failed miserably on trying to build that universe. They because what happened is the minute they put Spider Man's parents in there and the, and all this other bullshit, people are like, "No, we don't want to know about fuck this." Fuck up right there. Yeah, I gotta play that again because that's so, right. Yeah, so maybe they learned their lesson. Maybe like we just should just stick to what Spider Man is. They 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 bought Insomniac Games, that's, who made yes. the best yes. Spider Man game ever. Yes. They could easily extrapolate now that they own it they can extrapolate that story and make it into a movie so sony is buying video game developers now and this is also to counter microsoft who is going around buying video game developers as well sony announced their purchase of insomniac which is crazy uh and uh they are re-releasing far from home for labor day with four additional minutes of footage geek Mooner. uh and uh, i already talked about lord and miller developing live action spider-man so there is going to be a lot of Spider-Man movies and TV coming. It may be too much. It's, this is what I would do. It's going to get oversaturated. If I was Sony, yeah, I would say I would give the finger to Marvel. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I would give. I would give Fuck Tom Holland, yeah, like a ridiculous amount of money that he can't say no to to come into the movie. Right. So you got Tom Holland. You got you got your Spider-Man. The people who everybody likes. Most people. Who don't go on Twitter won't know the difference, right? So they're gonna go see the Spider-Man movie. You use it. You could do a, a story about like collapsing realities, like you did into the Spider-Verse, yeah, where they're yeah, all yeah. different Spider-Men. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, bring in Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire. Use all that nostalgia, and and then collapse the reality. So all of a sudden, the Avengers are gone, and only the reality is like this amalgam of all the old. Of so you have J. Jonah Jameson from. The original Spider-Man movie. You still got J.K. Simmons. You got J.K. Simmons. You got maybe uh, aspects of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movie or something like that. And then you collapse all the realities, and then you you, you keep going with Tom Holland. And there Here's you go. the problem with the Tom Holland. Well, first of all, how much would it confuse people if you recast fucking Spider-Man again? Re- recasting would be the worst possible that would be situation. Worse. They could dig in and and give Tom Holland. He's not gonna say no to money. Well, some in this article it says some fans have already noticed that Tom Holland appears to have unfollowed Sony on Instagram. Oh shit! <laughs> He's probably gonna want to be loyal to He's Marvel also, Studios. Well, I don't know if he'd say no to money. He's also what twenty one years old. Yeah. I mean, I was an idiot when I was twenty one. If, if they offer <laughs> him a shitload of money, he'll take it. But I'm still an idiot, actually. If they don't use him, you can't really recast Tom Holland in the MCU. Can no, reca- you? recasting would be the worst thing that Sony could. At do. this point, you're kind of you gotta go with the Tom Holland director. Can be whoever. But director d- doesn't matter as much. Could, you gotta he, have. He Tom could Holland. quit. He could retire for the rest. You can get it. They could pay if he paid him like something like fifteen million dollars or twenty million dollars. He would do it. Also, there's no way he's going to say no to that. Jeremy Renner he's also calling out Sony, give Spider-Man back, blah, blah, blah. And in a case of the pot calling the kettle black, Stan Lee's daughter, J.C. Lee, sides with Sony. Oh, shit. Her quote is... I don't care about her opinion at dude, all. Exactly. But 
Here, look what she says. She goes, well, my father died. No one from Marvel or Disney reached out to me. She said, in the end, no one could have treated my father worse than Marvel and Disney's executive. <laughs> oh, no one? Really? Really? No one? Oh, J.C. Lee? From what I fucking heard about what you've done? So I, yeah, I'm, she's got to clear up her name before she has comments on how people treated her father. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they've, you know, MCU has done tributes to Stan Lee. Uh, they probably haven't been great to him. No, I mean, no, they, but especially they, in the past, yes, before like yes. all these movies came out. But yep. the daughter, get the fuck out of here! The with that. daughter is the worst piece of shit you're gonna find. Yeah, yeah. So holy shit, I don't, I, uh, it's just crazy, and the and the fact that it's so public is crazy. Uh, this is gonna be interesting to watch. Say, this is. How this do you is, feel about this, Imran? I want to get your like emotional. <laughs> I, I was so all over the place because. Well, yes, in the beginning, I did not want a Disneyfied Spider-Man. This is a Spider-Man that they've said will never punch a motherfucker in a movie. And they did Disneyfy him, but throughout the movies, it's broken me down, and I've really gotten to enjoy Tom Holland as Peter Parker. At the same time, I would love to see him grow up as an adult and have self-contained stories and have movies that are actually about fucking Spider-Man and his villains without all the supporting cast kind of helping him out at where he can't call happy Hogan, but I don't understand how you just not mention each other. (laughs) If this breaks apart on the other hand, Kevin Feige really knows the character. Sony's track record is if he, on the other hand, Uh, Jesus Christ, how many on the the, other hand? I have several hands like the God Ganesh in the Hindu culture or the Shiva uh, into the spider verse as is an amazing accomplishment. And they have made my favorite Spider-Man movie. And so, Fuck, dude. I don't know. I ultimately hope that they find some sense and and find a, a, some kind well, of compromise. Into the Spider Verse, it called back stuff that was in the regular Spider Man uh, series. I, I would also say Into the Spider Verse, although I I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a, a good accomplishment. It is way different directing real people rather yeah, than animating yeah. someone the way you want them to be animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting well, the story yeah. is the most important thing. The way sure. it's written. All right. And then the way it's directed, action-wise, the fact that it's like unique and and just I don't know I'm I I kind of still love Sam Raimi's I, version well, of yes, Spider-Man. Yes. Sam Raimi's had the best version. The more I think about yeah. it, the more out of I what love. we've seen, I yes. agree. I love the yeah. music. Yeah. I love yeah. the fact yeah. that it's just different in the way it is. It's, it doesn't seem like a a regular Marvel movie. It seems like a, its own thing. Like you know that scene where Doctor Octopus is is in the lab. After they're trying to take the oh, yeah. the arms off and he attacks everybody, that's fucking great. That's horror. It, I mean, that he, yeah, he's calling yeah. upon his horror tropes. That's yeah, Sam Raimi, uh, Evil Dead stuff, yeah. and even yeah. stuff where I, the moment at the end where he, you know, he's he's defeated and he's going to sacrifice, and he sees that he's Peter, and he goes, "Oh, Peter Parker, brilliant but lazy." Like there's so much heart and. It's so organic, and that's an amazing movie. I still regard Spider-Man Two as one of the best superhero films of all time. I like it better than any other Spider-Man movie. Be- in my opinion, it's the best one. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just perfectly that paced. And Spider-Man One is the for me the best number yeah. the number one and number two. Stuff. So, the first two like, movies still hold up. So They're Sony great. has has done it, and the thing is, they've done it before that Marvel figured out the formula too. Yeah. They yeah. did it before Marvel. Like I think Marvel was. Very influenced by the Raimi movies in how to handle the thing. The the Absolutely. the Raimi's the Raimi movies didn't do well was handle Spider Man being quippy, right? Like that was that was very forced, and I think that Amazing Spider Man 
did it better. And the only ones to get to a third fucking Spider-Man movie. I think it's funny. And then, you can't get to that third movie. But then they, they abandoned that in the Homecoming movies. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really quip. He's not really like a wise ass. He's just kind of like, what do I do, computer? Yes. You know? And uh, <laughs> computer, what do I do? And the computer does all the comedy. I mean, even far from home, he's constantly just like trying to catch up. He's always freaking out the whole movie. Yeah. There's no room for him to be quippy or confident. confident he's just like, by, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Like the whole time. Uh, so I like the dichotomy, and it's not there. It's a, it's a, and it's a, it's a Disneyfied, but what they did made sense within the MCU, and what they knew was going to happen with these negotiations. Uh, do I like it? I, uh, it's fun. I'm glad I have it. I mean, I did enjoy Fire from Home, but it, well, the the argument is is that well, you know, we need to get kids to to see themselves in Peter Parker. But I'm like, but I did, and yeah. I was a kid, and I went, and I, I was loved a kid, Peter Parker. yeah, and I related to as a kid, twelve, thirteen year old, I related to the young adult, college going, you know, single Peter Parker. I never read the fucking teenage Peter Parker. I love the 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 young young twenties Peter Parker, and that, and even at that age, it was fine. I didn't need to be like talked down to. Here's the other thing: if everyone's upset, Whoa. you. More. You can, if you're upset about Spider-Man, just go read the comic books. That's always going to be there. Yeah. They'll always the satisfy. The old comics are always there. Yeah. Get the old runs. That, that is not runs. the solution. No I think that's the that. solution. No if you're really that. upset, but everyone's just got to calm the fuck down. Now, viscerally, do you have an emotional reaction to this, Anthony? No, yeah, for sure. My reaction was, I want him in the MCU. So even though I, I fully acknowledge that Disney is being a bully, I, whatever it takes to get him in the MCU because m- my thing is two things. One, there's a story going on that Kevin Feige clearly had a hand in that's not going to get finished by him if this breakup come, occurs. Also, like you mentioned, you have all the toys in the place that except the one toy that everyone likes to have. Yep. It's annoying not to yeah, have That's it. annoying. The one missing piece. I will say that the prospect of once uh, Lord and Miller were like, we are working on these live action TV shows. So the prospect of Sony really putting Spider-Man everywhere was kind of exciting. Like, could could we have a live action actual Spider-Man TV show with Spider-Man in it? Mm. It'd be fucking crazy. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm so conflicted. I just I want them to get along. You know me. I want everyone to get along. I want them to get along again. Mommy and daddy need I, to make I think, up. I think it'll work itself out. If Marvel, like, look, this, this is my my quandary is that. I'm never going if as long as Marvel's involved and already has Spider-Man in this fashion, they're never going to really do a Spider-Man the way that he deserves to be done. Right, that's true. All right, so you're never going to get the true Spider. You're always going to get a compromised Spider-Man. The only way you're going to get the real deal Spider-Man is if it's not interwoven into this thing. But you will never get Spider-Man with the MCU characters I think an, either. Another right. thing Sony may be thinking of, and that would bolster them and give them confidence, is uh, your Sony's kind of preventing the Disney monopoly. I think if they keep Spider-Man and give have there's competition, there's not one company that owns Fox and everything. Uh, it may force both sides to step up their game. And it may make better pictures for the fans ultimately because of remove they're they're mm. blocking the monopoly of characters. Maybe I don't know. That's a it's a free market thing, you know. We'll that's see. what happens. Uh, listener, join our Facebook group. There's amazing. That was a long discussion, on, and a I long, know uh, that was a long uh, therapy session. I needed for that fucking therapy session because <laughs> this was 
This was my initial reaction. Somebody touch my spaghetti! I was like, what the fuck? But listener, join our Facebook group, Jock and Nerd Nation. Uh, there's great threads and discussions going on there right now. It's a closed group just for our listeners, and we'd love to have you. Listener, believe it or not, there was other shit that happened this week. Real quick, come over, a couple other headlines, and we'll wrap up the news. The same day all this shit is going down, uh, Warner Brother announces Matrix 4 in the works with Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, oh, shit. Uh, and Lana Wachowski. Yeah, they went through a sex change. Well, now, actually, the Matrix came out exactly 20 the years ago this year. Mm-hmm. Back then, they were the Wachowski brothers. Right. They're now the Wachowski sisters, Lana and Lily. Right. Uh, and Lana is coming back to... Now, this is exciting news, Geek but what, where's the story? No word about Lawrence Fishburne or Morpheus. What do you do? I kind of want them to just undo the last two movies and fucking reset it back after the first movie. I have no idea where you go where with you this. Where you go with this? I, I don't know where you go with it. All I know is the, the, the last two movies weren't great at all. Yeah, Matrix number one is an all timer as far as pop culture. The thing is, is that Keanu Reeves, other than when the Matrix came out, has never been hotter. We are so, in the Keanu sense. Keanu, yeah, we're we are in the Keanu sense. That's very good. So if you're gonna do this, this is the time. So absolutely, we'll, we'll see what I mean, Keanu so Keanu is hot. What could this story possibly be? Oh fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I want them, the last. The last that we left, they, uh, the Neo, Matrix was done. Right? They were. It was uh, destroyed. It was over. Trinity was dead. Yeah. Right. Neo and Agent, what's his face, fought in the air like Superman. And then, and then Neo gave himself into the Matrix, where he brought peace between man and machine. And everyone and was the, just living in the caves in Zion or whatever, right? Right. So there's no more Matrix. So there'd have to be a new Matrix. No, right? there's there's man and machine. They work together instead of fighting each but, other. So then there's no reason for the machines to put the people into the Matrix. Yeah, there's no reason for the Matrix. I, my favorite I thing about the Matrix is that you know you're in this reality and you could do whatever you want because you know there is no spoon. You know, that that's what I want. I want them to go back and explore other situations in the reality of the fake reality in the Matrix. So I didn't really care about the, with the story at this point. I don't know. That's the thing. And now <laughs> he's older. So you have to deal with Neo as does Neo. I don't know. I don't know what the word do maybe do? he's tasked with creating a new Matrix. And uh, he creates Trinity. As like his, she's not real. Oh, there's it, a it, there's a note here. Variety has shared an update which claims that the script calls for a younger version of Morpheus mm. to be cast, which obviously points to some time travel elements. Does he go back in time to That's, something? I got I got an idea. Yeah, to flip it on its head, you do it where Keanu's as old as he is. Yeah, you start off in the Matrix is back. Yeah, and you don't understand why. Yeah. And you have a new character. You have all these new characters that are like figuring out, like, what the fuck we learned about as parent. Like, we learned about from our parents that this was not a thing, and now we wake up and we're in the Matrix. And then what you realize by the end of it is that Keanu is now the bad guy, and he did, he read he redistributed the Matrix because he's like this whole people and uh, wor- working together with the machines thing. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> I realize now that the, the Matrix was always supposed to be the, what it was supposed to be. So you flip it on its head and you make Keanu the kid, the, the, I, the creator of the Matrix. I think that would be kind of cool to see Keanu. Yeah, he becomes the architect. He yeah. becomes the architect. The and he's architect, this old jaded yes. guy that was like, yeah, we live together in harmony. And you know what? That fucking didn't work. 
and I and I created the Matrix. I know how to beat it, so I created a better version of it that no one can fucking beat. And, and he's like a god in there. And he's Mr. Smith, basically. Oh, wow. I like look at Anthony. Look, well, pitch that to them. The architect said that the Matrix has happened already like five or six times. Okay, right. so that could easily because be because you thing. got to flip. Like that's the thing that worked for Terminator Two, right? Yeah. Yep. Is yep. you flipped it. Yep. You made the bad guy the good guy. Yep. That's how you refresh a, a lot of things. Is you flip it. That's a good point, and that was a huge. You turn the thing. If you keep doing the same thing, yeah, like, yeah, it'll be fun for nostalgia, but that wears out, right? Yeah, like, yeah. look at like Jurassic World. Yeah. Okay, Jurassic World, we got it. Yeah. And then the next one, we still keep calling with that story. We're like, ah, this is kind of played out. We don't want to hear this anymore. Like, let's do something different. I mean, how do you take a sci-fi classic that was uh, a breakthrough special effects you that blew at, everyone's you, mind? You look at what James Cameron did with T two and Aliens, and you flip the things. Aliens what did they too. go wrong with the Matrix, the second one? What do you think was the the thing that really fucking made everybody hate it? I I mean, I think they just focused too much on like the Agent uh, Smith thing and the the people living in 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 the caves. For, for me, it was just more of the same of the first one. Just like everything was elevated. Like, oh, let's let's just do more of the Matrix, but add all these like superfluous stuff that no one I cared think, about. For me, I think that the end of the first Matrix. All right was such a great ending. Yeah. Fantastic. Right? So he go he he gets on the phone and he calls he dials into everybody and says, "Look, I'm I'm Neo. Yeah. We can do whatever we fucking want. This thing is fake. And let's all wake up and fucking fuck these robots up." And the next movie should have been The Revolution. Yeah, the revolt. and then there should have been a movie after that. Like, like they shouldn't have fucking just given it up and made peace with I the robots. I forgot about the phone portals. Well, that was awesome. I think the mistake too. Didn't they film both of those movies back to back? Yeah, and it was year many years later. Also, well, it was a couple years later, but I yeah. think they filmed them back to back. So I think they were trying. They didn't have a full story. Yeah, and they were trying to stretch it across too. They weren't thinking about let's make the next film really awesome. They were like, okay, we we have a franchise here. Let's. Like, let's stretch this out. As yeah, much and then it's just it like, seems superfluous. Okay. And after that's the ending of the first movie set up for, okay, everybody knows that this shit is fake. Everybody's going to be a superhero. That would have been awesome. Be able to that's, bend what, reality. that's what I want to see. And and we're all going to fuck up these agents and then we're all going to get free. And then when we get free, we're going to go to the, with the machines and fuck them up in real life. Yeah. And we're going to take back the earth. And that kind of happened, yeah. But it like it happened in a, the most boring ass way you could possibly. Pretty much, happen. and then you got a full out rave scene. I'm like, all right, we're doing this now. Okay, dancing in the caves, whatever. Hey, that's fun. What? Yeah, it's a, dancing I, in caves like, is fun. I bet that was a great EDM concert. It's like it's like a concert <laughs> Anthony went to it was in the Matrix Three. Take the blue pill. It's a Molly. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Uh, okay, and then the next last piece of big news. Uh, that uh, some people will be excited for. I'm kind of excited. Uh, Kevin Smith, Mark Bernardin announcing at PowersCon and on their podcast, Batman Beyond, that they are doing a He-Man Masters of the Universe show for Netflix produced by Mattel, and it will be a follow-up to the original 80s animated classic focused on the storylines that were left unresolved in the series finale. Uh, if you listen to that episode of Fat Man Beyond, it's pretty great. He talks about the writers he has and his love for it. And I didn't know that there was a Masters of the Universe convention. PowersCon. There is. Yeah, Motu. There are Mo- you into Motu? There's a, there's a huge convention. So it was a great place for them to announce it. Um, Anthony, I know this is past your, uh, your, your childhood. 
too young for the He-Man? Too young, yes. We, you know, when we did the Masters, what the fuck happened to Masters of the Universe? I watched, went back, and I watched some of the original He-Man, and I think Tchaikovsky made a good point in the Facebook group. Like, this is great, I love it. R- you know, bring it back. But if you look at the source material, it's not very good. No, <laughs> especially <laughs> that's the that's the thing that bothers me the most about especially this. He-Man, which was literally made after the fact on a a a, a, a hunch on a lie to sell He-Man toys. Uh, as an afterthought right uh it's not but as a kid it's the nostalgia you loved it now they have done a reboot in 2012 which was amazing animated reboot yes if they do something like that i think it'll be great rugs what do you think do you think kevin smith can deliver he's a huge he-man fan by the way okay whatever that means (laughs) he Um, knows everything okay so there's um there's there's schools of thought about this okay so when it, the initial He-Man came out, it came with a comic book. And the comic book was a very, like, Conan the Barbarian yep. meets post-apocalyptic uh, magical world yep. type shit, like Star Wars type shit. Um, and it was very dark, and it seemed very grim and very fucking ballsy, right? Because this toy company came up with this shit. But then the cartoon came out, and it was very fucking flamboyant and goofy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. It was not like the show that was. Like, I mean, even though the animation was goo, it was just like it, a goof. It wasn't the box art that was on the toys, which were no. epic fantasy paintings. Yeah, it was just like a very. Uh, it was a very like, you know, a morally preachy show with very flamboyant characters, and it never met its potential. There was like, always a lesson you had to learn. A lesson. Was, yeah. The idea was okay. You're going to create this kind of like post-apocalyptic universe that is like kind of like where there's barbarians but like future technology all of this stuff how does it work together and like how do we make it work together and they're like fuck it we're just doing it and we're gonna make it all a joke (laughs) because if you make everything a joke it's easier right you don't have to explain shit you we just make it into a joke and it's funny now it's for kids obviously but you know like there's Shows that took things a little bit more seriously that we like, like Robotech and shit like Robotech that. Robotech at the time was probably the most adult soap opera show right. I, I ever saw. But then the cartoons so, got better in the 90s also. Yeah. So um, the point is, is that I would like to see this He-Man that they should have made. I think that's what Kevin Smith and company are going to All give right. you. They're going to have man I don't think that's going to happen. Orko, I think you're wrong. the people that grew up <laughs> watching He-Man. Yes. And they don't think like I do. I think I I feel like I'm a very unique uh, way way of thinking. Uh, I think the general fan is going to want a silly version of He-Man. You don't think they want a serious fantasy? Lots of action. They did that, and nobody watched it. It, I know, and it was so good. So it was really good. So here, let me talk about the creative team. Uh, Did you watch Castlevania on Netflix? Rugs. Yes. Was that was the animation good? The animation's fine. It's very Japanese animation looking. Powerhouse animation will be doing the animation. Yeah. They're they're capable of doing a very dark, uh, gory shit, but I don't know if they're going to do that for He-Man. I mean, I really don't think... I think that um, Kev, uh, Kevin Smith is going to be really uh, dialed into the fandom, and he's going to try and do something that that matches up along the lines of fandom. I don't know if people want... A gory He-Man. Well, I mean, he—that's why he announced it at PowersCon. But I mean, I would love it. Yeah, 
Well, look, but, helping him writing is this one dude, Eric Caras- Carrasco, who worked on Supergirl. Tim Sheridan, who wrote Reign of the Superman, the animated movie. Dia uh-huh. Mishra, who's working on Magic the Gathering uh, TV series. And, of course, Mark Bernardin, who is a, a super smart. He's worked on Castle Rock, Treadstone, a uh, great guy on the show and a very know. good writer. I'm hoping – Look, listen, all of the stars are aligning for it to be good. Yeah. But – I've been disappointed too many times to know, like, even when they did the Thundercats reboot. That was a great reboot. Uh, no one liked it because they went and they actually made an intelligent yeah. Thundercat show. I mean, that was actually really good. No one fucking so tuned into it. I think it. It, like the Voltron did good on Netflix, and that is very Japanese anime influence. I think Voltron it's going to be a lot silly. Like that. It had silliness in it, but like it, it was, listen, Voltron is probably the best handled thing. If you stick around for that last couple of seasons it's fucking badass I, oh oh voltron is at the end yeah oh man i gotta finish it's so it epic then. i was like oh, fucking, wow i was white knuckling it through some of I these episodes because like it was like so crazy four or five seasons but i love yeah. the thundercats reboot the he-man reboot um they're making the movies coming out 2021 with noah centino that's all we know so it may have, and then this, uh, there's like uh, documentaries and the conventions. It's and I'm skeptical. The, the fandom is still there, man. It's amazing how you know people still love their He-Man. But there's the thing that's the original source yeah, material. You don't understand if you ever if you ever seen the He-Man fandom. No, I haven't. It's not like <laughs> okay. So if the He-Man fandom, what do you think of He-Man fandom? Is it like Conan the Barbarian no. or like Frank Frazetta fandom? No, no. Like that is into like fucking like no. It's more of a lighthearted. More flamboyant, more like you know, uh, I guess fairy tale-y and and kind of like homegrown. It's not really that like the edgy. So you think he's going to be would, catering to that? From from my perspective, yeah. I have never met one person other than you two in my life that is a He Man fan. <laughs> so <laughs> if there is He Man fans, they're fucking hiding it. All right, because I'd have never. I've I can find more Godzilla fans than I can find He Man fans. You know, it's it's strictly the nostalgia. Like the show to me. Is I more remember the stories I made up in my head with the action figures than the yeah. actual TV the show. Action figures promised more, yeah, m- more uh, adventure than the show ever did. Absolutely. So uh, good for them. They, I remember they mentioned <laughs> it's a failure in my eyes that show. So I don't really want to fucking see a continuation of that show. <laughs> they mentioned I, I want to see those figures realized what those figures meant to be. Yeah, realized not like fucking. A goofy ass, like it just was very. It was just very. Um, I don't know, wimpy. I show. mean, I believe they're still going to have Orko and Cringer and Battle Cat. He's going to have when you see Skeletor. Oh, he is just ridiculous <laughs> in the, in the and original then you show. See him on the show, he's a fucking yeah. joke. He's like, ah, yeah. He's just so got it's like stupidest it's just high voice. Megatron was fucking yeah, threatening. Yeah, yeah. Megatron yeah. was fucking scary. All right, he's a this motherfucker, not scary at all. <laughs> no. He's got a skull for a face. <laughs> Speaking of skull face, uh, that uh, reminds me of a character in a movie we are about to review. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break right here, play some promos, and we will be back to visit the magical world of Willow right after this. After these messages, we'll be right We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we want to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast 
uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick relief, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Jen. I'm Brian. And I'm Henno. We're three friends that talk about mental health, wellness, and our lives. Through articles and tips, we share what has worked for us on our paths overcoming depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, alcoholism, and addiction. Come join us on our journey. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search for The Crazy Life. Remember, wiggle your toes and just keep breathing. Listener, if you enjoy the show, if you've been enjoying the show, there is more show to be had. That's right. Jock and Nerd. Join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And you can join our exclusive Patreon community. You get access to an exclusive podcast feed that has all the shows come out early. This show, the spinoff show, bonus content, post shows, movie reviews, instant reactions, lots of fun stuff. Imran Monaghan. <laughs> if you pay us $10 a month, if you support the show, pledge $10 a month or more, you get to pick a movie and force us to watch it and review it. And we've had some great ones in the past that have backfired on Ooh. me. The last two have not been great ones. Not been great ones. Power Rangers, the movie, and a Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And now we are going to flip the script. Uh, and uh, make Anthony suffer a oh, little bit. Was, I was dreading watching this. Uh, real quick, Ray O'Neill, Ralph Bravo have not sent their movie picks in yet. Please send what movie you want for your patronage. Do we still have other movies? We have about five left. Okay. So oh, shit. Seven with enough. those two. We still have, like, there's f- there's four and then, like, a bonus one. But, yeah, we're getting okay. through them, though. We're we getting are getting through, through them. Let, and what we're going to do right now is... Our full spoiler review of Willow from 1988. Here is your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This movie sponsored by, picked by, dedicated to listener, Patreon supporter, Jose Ibarra. He changed his pick. It was was going to be the... The Joss Whedon movie, right? And I'll tell it was. It was going to be Serenity. I will yeah. tell you why he changed it. Uh, Jose has been a patron for 15 months, and he's currently at twenty dollars a month. Oh wow. shit! On our Patreon, thank you so much, thank Jose. You, thank you, thank you, Jose. That gets you a shot to come on the show, or you can hang out with us, like in a Google Hangout or a chat or whatever you want to do. Or I'll come to your house. I'll come. We come to your house. <laughs> I'll bring some cake, some Sarah Lee Where crumble do you live, cake. Jose? <laughs> Are you home tomorrow at three? Go out with me to club. Somebody have oh, any Sanka? What a bonus! Oh, yeah. for twenty bucks a month, you could go clubbing with the jock. New <laughs> tier on the Patreon. Uh, so Jose Ibarra posted. Here's why he chose this movie. 
I forget what we were talking about, but he said, finally, this is from February of this year. I said that Warwick Davis's most known role was in Leprechaun. Finally, he says, finally getting a chance to listen to this week's episode. I'm not easily offended, but Anthony made a very controversial statement. Oh, shit. Warwick Davis is most known for his role as Leprechaun. How dare you not give Willow its due? Imran, why aren't you checking your boy just for that? I'm making you guys review it for my Patreon pick. Right. I remember exactly that day because I was in horror when he said that. <laughs> you were like, oh. I responded with, the fuck is a willow? What the fuck? And Anthony found out. Uh, this movie released in 1988, currently sitting 50% on the tomato meter. 5.7 out of 10. Uh, box office wise, it was uh, made, uh, uh, what is this? 50, what happened? Blah. Uh, all I have is the domestic numbers, 57 million. No one wanted to see this internationally. Come on. I, I doesn't even have international numbers. I don't have the production budget. I think it was probably made for like 30 million. I would imagine. Yeah. I think it was 30 million, right? Uh, the movie directed by, uh, a young Ron Howard, uh, right. Who this is the time of his career? He had done Opie on uh, the the Andy Griffith show. He was already Richard Richie Cunningham on Happy Days. Right. He was in American Graffiti, directed by George directed Lucas, by George who produced Lucas, this movie, who produced and the story by. So this is Ron Howard's. I think one of his first movies on his way to becoming. And a, well, an amazing like director. Cocoon. He did Splash already. He did Cocoon and Splash right before this. Yeah. Story by George Lucas and Bob Dolman wrote the screenplay. Uh, this movie stars Val Kilmer as who, Anthony? Matt Modigan. That's right, Matt Modigan. <laughs> Uh, this but is Matt Bonigan's wait. This is a very young Val Kilmer. This is his fourth movie. He's he he had done Top Gun before or after Top Gun. Well, he had just done Top Gun in 86. Okay. So he's Top Secret, Real Genius, Top Gun, and then Willow. Yeah, so this is his first action movie. This is his first action fantasy adventure movie, and uh, the, also starring Joanne Whaley as Sorsha, and of course Warwick Davis as the titular character, Willow Uffgood. This is Now, Warwick Davis was Wicked from War- uh, yes. Return of the Jedi. Yes, and this is the first time Warwick... Uh, is in a movie n- not wearing a costume. <laughs> the first time he gets to be himself, uh, Gene Marsh as Queen Bev Morda, Patricia Hayes. These names are great. Finn Raziel, Billy Barty is High Aldwin, Pat Roach is General Kyle. You got characters named Migosh and Vonkar and Kevin Pollock as a tiny little brownie who is actually very funny. Kevin Pollock and Rick Overton. Uh, the the plot of this movie, Anthony, this, first of all, Anthony, let's start with you. <laughs> you had never seen this movie, no, correct? Okay. Never, so never. this, this is, didn't a, even know what the fuck a willow was. Did not know what the fuck a willow is. This is a classic fantasy movie for is a certain a age group. It's kind oh, of, yeah, yeah. definitely hundred percent. Okay. Uh, I want to know before <laughs> I want to know what you thought, what <laughs> you didn't know anything about willow. Let's just start with your opening thoughts. What did you think once you sat through this journey, this adventure? <laughs> I was dreading watching this fucking yeah. movie. Turned it Good. on. It's not all that bad. Like, I ended up, I wouldn't say I enjoyed myself, but I wasn't pissed off watching yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. If there's anything, first off, it being associated with Lucas, oh, whoa, I didn't know that. Um, effects done by Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah, the, yeah. the effects for its time are good. Mm-hmm. Um there are some funny moments. Overall, though, for me, 
there's it's, it's the way I was trying to like think about this movie is there's all these different aspects like this new world, um, these little people, these littler people. There's this drag like the these like crack castle with an evil queen. There's these these warriors and like there's all these different elements of like a, a fantasy movie. And I couldn't help but think to myself when I ended it, I went, man, there's all these elements of a fantasy movie. There's a stop motion animation. There's the uh, ILM graphics that all they could produce was this in exceedingly average fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, like they, like you, you watch that movie, and I think I'll probably forget that I saw Willow in like a week. The, the only thing that stands out for me is the fact that they made the lead a little person. That, yeah. that was it. Yeah, and that was Lucas wanted to do that. I, so I, all the elements are there for like this epic fantasy, and it's just yeah. exceedingly average. Well, fantasy wasn't in at at this point. Like people were not watching fantasy movies, but they fucking. They threw all of the money that they had at this at, at these movies, at these fantasy movies. They may use the top-notch special effects for their time. Now, I mean, in a post-Game of Thrones world, in a post-Lord you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, like it, this seems like cookie-cutter, very average shit, like Anthony was saying. But for its time, it was like all of these movies were kind of coming out. Um, there was like Dragon Slayer that came out like with, with, the, with v- Vithuramax, the dragon. That was like a pretty cool dragon, but I mean, all of these movies were like really like low budget compared to what we see now. Yeah, because he had George Lucas and ILM and uh, and everything he learned from Star right. Wars uh, coming off of this. So for the listener that maybe hasn't seen this movie, it's kind of a straightforward plot. It's uh, you know your typical. Uh, little people called Nelwins find a baby floating in the river. Well, that's not typical. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a mashup the, the plot, of, of the a plot m- is straight fear. Let me try. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw it yesterday. Yeah. The plot is there's basically a, a Jesus that is born. Yeah, it's Moses in, this, in the form Jesus. of a girl yeah. or Moses yeah. or savior yeah. that is born that needs yeah. to be protected because yeah. there's this evil queen that is ruling everything with an iron fist and this they needs to be protected and it happens to be protected by little people. That's yeah. the plot. Nelwins. Not, yes. It's not typical. There's no plot where little people find a baby. It's and then typical to- in the sense of it is your standard Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Sure. You know, un- unwitting, uh, unlikely hero goes on a journey. It's pretty much Moses mashed with Snow White mashed with Star Wars. It is exactly Star Wars. Well, in this a way. was an idea for Star Wars. So Lucas wrote this in 1972. He had this idea uh, before Star Wars. And by the end, when they were filming Jedi, he talked to uh, Warwick Davis about it. And Ron Howard wanted to direct a fantasy movie. So I watched this when I was a kid, right? And I watching it again, I didn't remember a lot of the end, but I do remember it totally enjoying this movie. And I got to say, I think it kind of sort of still holds up. Uh, it, I would, in the I, same way that regular Star Wars holds yes, up. Yes, it holds it up feels just a as lot well like as the Star yes, Wars. Yes, yes, it does. I mean, because you have, look, he's on a journey. He meets a swashbuckling uh, hero that doesn't follow the rules and is a bad guy. And they got to, and then they have two little tiny companions that are like R2 and C3PO. And they got to <laughs> save the baby and storm the castle and kill the queen. And I mean, it's not typical, but it is kind of a, it's a, a straightforward, very charming, straightforward, yes. wholesome fantasy movie. If you are between the ages of maybe like eight to thirteen, well, it, it, I feel it's like wholesome. that's where it hits you. It's wholesome, but then towards the end of the, like the second to third act, 
People are getting stabbed and the the brain matter or whatever Dude, the, the hell things exploding. The scene yeah. with the trolls where he 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 hits the troll with the magic wand spell and then it kind of his skin peels off and, right. and then he kicks it and then the two headed dragon that was fucking crazy. I was like, this is really graphic and so gross. So you know that that two headed dragon is named after Siskel and Ebert. Yes, it's yeah, uh, Ebert. And then the other guy, General Kyle, is named after another uh, critic. Kyle, right. her last. So he was going after these critics, but that two headed dragon, same. Like, I love the u- combination use of technology, you know, matte paintings, green screenings, miniatures. Uh, that two headed dragon was like the rancor. It was weird looking dragon. It wasn't a typical. It wasn't looking. a dragon. It was like this mutated, gooey, gobby thing, but a lot like the rancor effects in Return of the Jedi. One thing this movie is noted for is developing and inventing the digital morphing technology. That you see at the end when he's trying to change Raziel from the different animals into a human. You know that part, Anthony, at the end where she turns into like a goat and then a tiger (laughs) and an ostrich? Yeah. That was the first instance they had to invent digital morphing. Never been done before. They did a great – they did a – I don't – Discount the the way the the special effects for its time. It's, it's and that, that special effects went on. We saw it in Terminator Two. I, uh, I just never thought I'd see a movie where in the third act you had two old women fighting each other. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's kind of badass. Yeah. Like, this, like the whole like all everything in this movie Florida. is it, it shouldn't work. Yeah. Like you have like midgets, uh, whatever you want to call them, little people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have middle, you have little people, but then you have little people. people putting them into perspective. <laughs> which is actually full size people just shrunken right. down, just shrunken. Right. But what what a great way. Um, to... Just, I mean, it's bonkers. I mean, yeah. like, look, like the, the the thing about this movie is, um, Val Kilmer effectively saves this movie. All right. Yes, he is the the Han Solo of this movie. Right? Absolutely. But they don't get to him for like an almost an hour into yeah, the movie. Not until halfway in the movie. They yeah, gotta so set I up mean, all the shit. And then after and then, as Anthony was pointing out, after he comes into the movie, it's just um the the, the guy saying his name all it's the time. Still like Mad Bot again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> Look, that the writing kid, is the, 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 the writing there the thing is like the writing there is it doesn't make sense because yeah. you that's where it can, then that doesn't fall apart. It's the movie's fine. Yeah, it, but there, there was that one part where the like Willow's a fool, right? He gives the baby to to Mad Mardigan. So you're immediately like, Willow, you're an idiot. Why would you give it to Mad Mardigan? <laughs> exactly. But it's then the, the next person. scene cuts to the littler people. They have the baby. They have the baby. Yeah. So there's no explanation of how the littler people took the baby. No, they just from, taking they a stole piss. it. Yeah, they just he, they he was taking a piss. He put bird. the baby down they, with the is bird. Is that what they said? Yes, and then it was they such stole. a throwaway thing. I, yeah, it was. I was I couldn't figure out how the little people took it from a full grown human. Uh, they yeah. just swooped down on a fucking hawk and get the fucking baby. So the hawk <laughs> carried the baby. Yes, the hawk yes. was carrying the baby. Oh my god, that's so ridiculous. Uh, you yeah, yeah, so yeah, crazy. It's, it's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's an eighties movie. It's not. <laughs> the standards of, of of like suspension disbelief is completely different. Back so then, you, you could just, get away with this. Yeah, I mean, and th- that plus the, the I knew for sure the '80s movie is just the girl falls in love with him because Val Kilmer just decides to throw himself at her. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Sorsha, she's a great looking girl. Though. She's very attractive. Sorsha, they got they, married. Yeah, they got married that yeah, year, 1988. That. They were married till 1996. She was in Daredevil, season three. Oh, she, she was. was. Yeah. Oh, she was the mom. She, she played the, the mom, Maggie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I looked she, that up after because I was like, wow, this girl's really gorgeous. She's very, very pretty in the movie. And uh, I love what uh, – I, I mean, I appreciate like there's a lot of Indiana Jones in this also, like the whole cart scene. The cart scene for sure. Totally right? Indiana Jones style. And it, the action, it's it's not bad. It's 
competently directed Ron Howard. You see him doing a good job with it. It's this. everything is just competent for me. It is. And like a lot of this movie, nothing's happening. And so, <laughs> but I just, you know, watching these things again has been, is always fun. And I was surprised at how this one kind of holds up. I love the Skeletor mask that Kyle has. Uh, <laughs> Why? It, I don't <laughs> Why know. Cause, cause I don't know. Why not? Cause it's I, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you some other great things. The James Horner music is fantastic. Willow's theme, the theme and the action songs, it, it, uh, I really, it gets you pumped. Like I thought the music was great. Uh, and I was surprised to find out, you know, those bored dog creatures that were running after him. I was wondering how they did that. Dude, actual Rottweilers in masks. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's actually, what I figured. Is they they I was, dressed up dogs. I was like, that's a dog. That's a dog it looks running. Great, though. It looks it really looks good. Re- and they had animatronic it, it, masks it, it's for the, the slight, It is disturbing seeing that thing run around like that. It, and yeah. it's scary. It's it's slightly frightening because this thing is just this killing machine. But I was like, that's a dog. That is not an effect. It's not a prop. It's a fucking dog. I also love the, the location shots. They shot a lot of this in New Zealand. Beautiful vistas. Uh, and just the special was, effects kind of hold up. It's I was weird. just surprised. Maybe this is offensive. But I was just surprised they were able to gather that many little people in a movie. A whole village. But that village is awesome. It's great. No, it's great. I'm just saying, like, I was like, wow. They went all out. <laughs> the, the, the people making this, Lucas probably financing, they were yeah. like, we're, we're going balls to the wall with this. Well, thing. he had the connections from Star Wars and the Ewoks. Oh, yeah. Just as many Ewoks, those were all, and Kenny Baker playing R2. So, And I think for little people to see themselves on screen like this was probably a huge thing. I think Lucas was smart making him the hero. Uh, the other thing is, what was I going to say? I forgot. Mad Mod again. The fucking baby. They show the baby a little bit too much. It's adorable. But do we really need the fucking baby's reaction to everything? Yeah, like, it doesn't know I, what's going on. I was going. fine with that. That baby never acted again, by the way. That was it. <laughs> Played by twins. Never acted again. I love the kids when they're like, Dada. How are you going to go? Oh, the kids were were adorable. The kids, kids were great. are so The kids cute. were great. No, I mean, there's a lot of good things I like. It's just not one of those movies for me that, like, it didn't resonate enough where, it, I think it didn't resonate enough for a lot of culture where it just, it's, it's not something that's going to be remembered as, like, forever. It's something like, oh, yeah, that was, that was a cool part of my childhood. But then you don't, like, take it with yeah, you forever. Yeah, it's definitely, like, not, look, I mean, is it John Borman's Excalibur? No. Like, that movie is the movie that ingrained itself in me. Like, I could watch that a thousand times from that. And that I think that's, like, an 80s a fantasy movie, I believe. Um, but I'm, I mean, they're trying to do another Star Wars, and it just didn't but, uh, resonate. That and what's the prin- with, was it the, the one with Andre Giant? Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of right. like that feel, too. And yeah. the Princess Bride is a way better movie because it is not for entirely for kids. It's, you know, uh, it's it's right. more, it's more satire and comedy. It was very an clever. fantasy film for for young kids. Absolutely. I mean, I would show this to a, a kid eight to 12, you know, nowadays because it would is. You? Yeah, it's a charming. I think they got to know about the willow. There's no boobs know, in it, right? There's no boobs. There's no I'm swearing. There, there's some violence in there. Right? Yeah, there is. But there is violence, but that we the saw third the act, violence. He, he's stabbing the fuck out of Listen, people. Listen, <laughs> when, when we were kids, we saw all the shit. We came off fine. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. There's no big deal. Uh, I don't know. I mean, um, uh, as a film, I, nostalgically, I did enjoy watching it. I was actually surprised at how like good looking it is right me film. too me yeah, too i was surprised at how they did create this kind of like believable little person uh you know village and some of the sets looked pretty legit uh, some of them didn't 
Yeah. They were like, you know, some of them are better than others. Um, some of the effects with the brownies was a little bit sketchy here and there, here and there, and but then but I, the brownies, the little little the people, li- yeah, yeah, the little tiny people. You yeah, could I think see it was the best that they could do with that. Yeah, time. at the yeah. time, the compositing, uh, you know, and then it would cut to like a live shot with with giant I mean, things. Look, they're making a movie with a guy who's not your typical leading man. All right, oh, yeah, uh, they yep. got Val Kilmer in the movie, who kind of saves the movie, but he only comes in halfway through. Um. I don't know. It was a very risky movie, but it it went on actually to spawn a bunch of uh, board games, books, early video games. Like right. there was a Villa video game, yeah, yeah, that wow. everyone loved. It was kind of popular. What do they call the the little people? Call what pecs? The, the Nelwins. Well, Nelwins Peck was then, derogatory. Okay, so they're Nelwins, and then yeah, damn, humans pecs. were the Daikinis. The Daikini was Got the it. human race, and the baby was Daikini. Well, I think they're all human. It's just. They're not human. It's that, that, it's sort of saying there's no human. It's Daikini, it's Daikini. and Elwin. But you got Nelwin. trolls. You got fucking crazy creatures. Yeah. What are those creatures in the the troll? The trolls are the black. They're, they're trolls. Okay. The other thing I think going against this movie is the names just are not as good as like Star Wars names. Like they don't roll off the tongue. They don't stick as outside of Mad Mardigan and Willow. You have Burgle Cut. Remember Bur- Burgle, Burgle Cut? Cut? He was the fat uh, leader of the little people. Uh, yeah, he was like the asshole guy. He was the asshole oh, yeah. guy to Willow the whole the time. End. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, there's, there's uh, Migosh was his buddy. Uh, I, I actually, I don't think it's the, I mean, the names or whatever. Bavmorda. The, the thing for me that doesn't um, resonate enough is the fact that the villain, who's Morda, there's not, like, yeah, she's evil. You really don't get a sense for her character or why she's really evil. She's, or like, they, they didn't develop characters like no. that. No, back she's then. the Snow White evil yeah, queen. But you, you know, it's the like, same if thing. you look back at Star Wars, and granted, it had three films, you got to know Vader and his motivations and all that shit. And there was a sense of menace even in the first film with Vader. Oh, absolutely. Whereas Morda, I don't feel like there was ever that sense of menace. Uh, however, it was more like, this is like the evil cackling witch. Yeah, <laughs> well, boilerplate. I right. do yeah. love the 80s darkness in these kids' movies, similar to Howard the Duck, which is a kids' movie, and it's so fucking dark. This movie starts with like baby, die, baby assassinations, baby killing. She's sure. rounding up the babies to kill them, and it's scary. And and uh, that the caregiver just getting eaten alive. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> That's what I'm a, saying. Like this yeah. isn't a, it, it's a movie that has trouble with figuring out what tone it wants. It to is go totally with. jarring. I will well, give you was, that. It was but, fine for kids in the yes. 1980s because no one gave a shit at the sure. time. Anthony, this is what it was for kids. This is sure. what they would put out for kids, it's and we a loved different it. time. I it wasn't. Was a I wasn't alive, time. or I was alive, but not not comprehending anything. Also, they had the last scene where everyone turns into pigs. They had like 200 pigs. This that is was a movie. great, dude. When, when they're morphing into the pigs, yes. I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing makeup. You see Val Kilmer turn into a pig man. Oh, and the nose yes. and like the face. I'm like, and the, what and is the teeth, this? The jaws are coming out. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but then you have witch against witch at the end, and of course, uh, everything works out. But that, fine that's what I'm saying. Like, the there's end. a lot of like good things in the movie, and then just comes out to produce this average film. Yeah, yeah, well, it kind of, yeah. The like everything is kind of like reminiscent of something else. Like we talked about Indiana Jones, the music. Yep. Of this, it's blah, blah, highly blah. derivative. It's very kind of derivative yeah. in that sense. Um, there is a lot of Willow saying Mad Mardigan. In <laughs> fact, it could be a drinking game if every single time Willow says Mad Mardigan, you drink. It's like it's written in kind of like a weird 80s type of style. And his <laughs> his grating voice saying his name over and over again just etches into your skull. And in fact, when I signed on to do this podcast today, yeah, yeah. Anthony's screen name, he wrote his 
is Imrad Mardigan. <laughs> Imrad Mardigan. <laughs> so it burned itself at the end. Absolutely. So it was like it's one of those things that you can't walk out of that movie without thinking like, man, he said that a lot. He said that a lot. Uh, it's the best character. Uh, a couple of other notes. Uh, John Cusack almost had the role over True. Val Kilmer. Oh, geez. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that would have worked. I think Val Kilmer did a great job of this. Uh, Pioneer special effects. We talked about the marriage. They, they got made, married. They um, continued the story in the shadow books. Oh, so uh, even though the movies never continued, there is these shadow books with, with shadow in the title, and um, they continue the story of uh, Alora Donna as she becomes a warrior and shit. Dragon uh, Slayer. T- speaking of continuing the story, Ron Howard has confirmed that he has been talking about a, what, the possibility a of a Willow Disney Plus TV series. Oh, fucking hell. Yes. Wow. Yes, bring him back. You could bring, you could do the next Who generation. Who would have thought that Jose Ibarra picking Willow seven months ago or whatever it was, right? Ties that it this would together. be relevant now and get tie this in? Willow might be back. And he's still, I mean, he's it's it's beloved, much in the same way like we talked about He-Man. Like when you were a kid, this was the best fucking thing ever. A Willow TV show? Wow. Well, no, I don't just think the Willow movie. was the best thing ever. It was just something that um, was from my past that I was happy to go back to and give it a second look at, with different eyes now. It holds well, he, up better you, than he Remember what I said about... He-Man anecdotally. <laughs> yes. There's even less people that know what Willow is in my friend group. <laughs> Willow, you guys are too young. Willow <laughs> well, I'm just saying, up. like, you, you compared it to He-Man. Yep, He-Man yep, has yep. more cachet than Willow. Then Willow is not a thing. It will be a thing soon. Let's <laughs> they bring it back to Disney+. Plus. Uh, I liked Warwick Davis. I mean, maybe a lot of it's just because he's little, but... He's I very young. It. He's he very like charming. 17. He's only like 17 or 18. Yeah, yeah, in the movie. First time without... Wait, He's got a very he, earnest way about him in the film. Yeah, you kind of like him in the movie. Yeah. yeah. You, you and he's, he's trying to be a sorcerer, yeah. and it's clearly not a sorcerer. Now, and then he uses the magic at the end. What about his wife, though? Uh, what about her? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're kidding. You say she's hot? Yeah. I was just saying. <laughs> I don't know which way you're getting at. Willow's Listen, wife his, is... his wife took the baby in. She, you know, yeah, she she started the whole thing. He wasn't gonna take the baby. That he's is like that is a a, a beautiful person. Right? It is. <laughs> Kia, 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 Kaya. What was her name? Kaya. Kaya of good. Kaya of good. That is a elf. What is that? It's, it's, it's a Elwyn beauty. A Nelwyn beauty. Nelwyn and he said Elora Elora Danan a lot. Elora. Elora. I gotta save Elora. Elora Danan. Uh, and that, yeah, and uh, that's really about it. There's not much more we can say no, about the movie. There's not a ton. I mean, it, it's, it's it's solid. I love that Jose, uh, you picked this and uh, making me go back and live part of my childhood. Uh, last episode, I mentioned Val Kilmer currently what he's been going through. So he had been making movies. If you look at his IMDb consistently, and then there's a gap between 2014 and 2017. He's back making movies. Uh, I found out in a profile for The Hollywood Reporter, it was revealed that Val Kilmer had a two-year battle with throat cancer. Yikes. And a procedure on his trachea had reduced his voice to a rasp. Oh, no. And he was short of breath. Now, I think he's doing better. Well, he's in Top Gun. He's in the Top Gun again. He's in the new Top Gun, uh, reviving his character. And he's doing a bunch of movies now. He's got a couple other things, but... For a while, and he's in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which is awesome. How old is Val Kilmer? Like sixty almost years 60. old. Sixty. He is almost sixty. When was he born? Nineteen fifty-nine. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, uh, but, but Kilmer goes on to have. First of all, can we just talk? If you've never seen Top Secret, 
It is uh, a movie made by the creators of Airplane. It's hilarious. It's- I'm not going to admit to seeing anything anymore yeah, because no. I don't want the <laughs> listeners to fucking make me watch things. Oh, we'll get into watch. something that we're going to force you to watch that the <laughs> nation is pushing. But Val Kilmer, uh, you know, he goes on to be Jim Morrison in the fucking doors. Amazing performance. He's in Thunderheart, True Romance, Tombstone, of course, Doc Holiday, and then Batman. The Salt and Sea, another underrated Val Kilmer movie. Yeah. He's Mad Bot again. again. So I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to, would you rate this movie? What would you rate? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh I'll rate I'll give it a solid, like it was like a seven out of ten for me. It's still Ooh. I was really wow. surprised that it kind of held up in a charming, fun, wholesome way. So, you know. I I'm gonna go with six point five. Okay. Wow. I said it was an average movie. I can't back down, so I'm going to go right in the middle. Five. Five. Just like the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think a lot of it's nostalgia for me. Yeah, of course. You saw it. It's a different time. Yeah, but um, I do. I don't know. I just feel like that there is some kind of magic in that movie. I really felt that there was some magic in there. That's because he's a sorcerer. Well, <laughs> it was, I mean, like, it was movie magic. The other kind no. of the intangibles. The, the, the there intangible was there was thing. a little bit. It could have been cultivated to be it was more. Ne- it wasn't to the it, level. It that, wasn't to its full like potential. Indiana Jones right, has or right, right something like that. But it had it had the there was something to it. I think it's to me. It's like young Lucas, yep, young Ron Howard. Yep, yep. Like trying to make a go at this movie. That's really like. No one wants to watch this movie. It's a you know movie about little people. You know, I mean, and like, I always appreciate the movies that that people don't know that pushed uh, computer technology and movie making processes forward, like this with the morphing. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't have the Michael Jackson black or white video where their faces were well, morphing. I don't know. It was just very un- unlikely film to be made, and I'm glad I, I, you know it. It did win me over when I watched it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. So I think it did. Had some kind of magic to it, so I want to acknowledge that. But you do see that. the inspiration, uh, um, you know, of Star Wars. It is and a flawed stuff. film, by by all means. It's, yeah, it's totally uh, all over the it, place. He could have said, he could have not said Mad Mardigan about like eleven <laughs> times, <laughs> and it would have been a better film. But. It's still, it's, it was ridiculous then. It, it was ridiculous now. I love Kevin Pollock as the brownie, where he's like, "Your mother's a lizard." Like he's throwing out these one-liners. Like, oh, the, the little, fun. the little little people. Yeah, what are they yeah. called? Brownies. They were yeah, brownies. I, I was laughing, at, right? And, yeah. and the voice they give him is, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, this they is just, great. They just yell at each other. It's, There's uh, a lot of enjoyable moments. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I will agree. I wasn't, but, uh, I wasn't mad watching it. Again, as a kid, when you watch this, you just, you had a great time. You had yeah, a great time. I'm, I'm sure the experience is way different as an adult versus as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Looking back on it, I'm like, whoa. But like, yeah, I, I still think that this film has got a little bit of magic to it. Is it a perfect film? No. Is it like uh, it could have been written better? Absolutely. But I think that there is something to it. There's something there that's kind of it does move. It does need a better pacing. Yeah, it kind of drags. Yeah. Sometimes it, it drags. drags in the beginning yeah. really yep. bad. Yeah, I it agree. doesn't need to be. And the two end hours. rush is just the end just rushes to a halt. Yeah, so they needed to kind of figure out the pacing a little better, but I think uh, nonetheless, it's still kind of charming. Thank you, Jose Abara, for your support for this movie pick, and now you have schooled Anthony on the Warwick Davis. I know, what, I know what the fuck a willow is. We now, now know. He now knows what the fuck a willow is. All right, let's get to some news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. 
the toilets flushed. All right, getting some comments from the Facebook group, Jock and Nerd Nation. Uh, RE episode 288, our Mortal Kombat Annihilation review, which was another Patreon pick. Lisa Morrison commented, I'm pretty pissed at this week's show. Halfway through your review, Steve turned to me and said, I think I need to see this now. If I end up having to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation, I'm canceling my Patreon support. Oh, shit. (laughs) And then this was followed by screenshots of Steve Morrison downloading the movie and then screenshots of the opening of the movie and Lisa Morrison going, this is horrible. (laughs) So it's really bad. It's really bad. We told you. Watch Willow after that. Yeah, don't blame us. <laughs> we Your husband's you. being a jerk. But then, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, he made you do it. He made you watch <laughs> don't it. Don't cancel your Patreon support. Yeah. Joe Henry Punish commented, uh, I actually watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation in the theater. I liked the first movie. I won't ever watch it again. This review bought back some memories. <laughs> Glad we could do that. Um, I have an email from someone uh, about our last episode. Listener Bernardo Ortega writes, and he says, hi, guys. I truly enjoyed last episode about the boys, but please mind spoilers or at least warn about them before blurting them out. Even more if it's from a different movie slash TV show than the one you're reviewing. I Mm. live in Mexico and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood premieres this weekend, so I haven't had the chance to see it yet. And you just casually gave away two spoilers in your review. I won't go as far as to say you ruined the movie for me. That'll be a huge exaggeration. But it would have been nice to know a spoiler for another movie was going to be said and I could have skipped it. Keep up the good work. I love the show nonetheless. Greetings from Guadalajara, Mexico. Oh, shit. First of all, Bernardo, thanks for listening from Mexico. That's amazing. Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Second of all. I guess all, we did throw you. We did throw I'm in casual. super yeah. sorry. No, that was, it's irresponsible. It was, it were, they were very mild, mild spoilers, but. It was probably we, me. We, it, it was both of us. You said something about Sharon Tate. I compared a scene to a scene from the movie. Spoiler all I needed to do was hit that button. With great podcasting comes great responsibility. It's tough. We're doing this, you know, off the cuff. A lot of thoughts fly into my head. Sometimes I miss it. Generally, I would never do that, Bernardo. Just understand that. Muchas gracias for calling us out. He's cool. He's like, no, I'm going to listen to your review. I love the show. Uh, I love you guys. So. But look, point taken. We're going to try to be a little bit more careful. That's all. Yeah. But sometimes uh, yeah, shit happens. That's a good point. Yeah. Mild spoilers. Good time. Uh, Trenton Smith writing in says, I'm listening to this week's podcast. You guys briefly talked about bands and artists doing pop songs to gain financial independence. And I just find it ironic that you guys didn't mention Chance the Rapper, arguably one of the biggest independent artists out right now and from Chicago. Well, you mentioned him. Trenton. Well, no, Trenton mentioned him for yeah, us. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. And yeah, he, you know, you want to talk about independent artists? Chance doing it the right way, you know, get, putting out mixtapes, putting on his own music. The first guy to win Grammys, releasing his music streaming only. Oh, shit. that's amazing. That is that's yeah. bucking the model. I, I will say, you know, we talked about it prior to the show. There's a, the prevalence of a lot of shitty rappers. Yes, but it is easy, more. It's easier now than ever. There's artists that could deliver get discovered off of just SoundCloud. SoundCloud, now. absolutely. Absol- we were talking and, about a shitty artist. Yeah. Lil Pump, he got del- he's discovered off of SoundCloud. Because you can put out your mixtapes there. You, you can, can put, put out, out anything all your now. remixes yeah. and someone will find you. So we're talking about rappers real quick. I, 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 this week I turned, finally got a chance to turn Anthony on to Lil Dicky. Talking nerd. 
what a, one of my favorite. I was very rappers. high watching him. You were, and we watched the video too high, and you could relate. But if you haven't checked out Lil Dicky, check out all professional rappers. I mean, Save that I am, money. I am absolutely. I'm four years late, Lil Dicky. We, yes, yeah. I turned you on to Lil Dicky. <laughs> yes, Rug Boy turned me on, and I fucking love Lil Dicky. And then in return, Anthony, I love when we do this. You turn me on to a new rapper that's actually really good, and it's a guy I heard once, but I got into him more. Joiner Lucas. Uh, was on a track on Eminem's Kamikaze album, but listener, just check out the video for a song called I'm Not Racist. Fucking powerful, really well-written, amazing stuff. That's like stuff. years ago, too. Yes, it's very old. But, <laughs> you know, trying to find good artists and good rappers in he's, the last five good. to ten years is hard, and Joyner is definitely one of them. He's got a song out, it was a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, where he, they, the, the whole premise of the song is they challenge him to spit out eight bars and then say the same eight bars backwards, and it makes sense. And he doesn't say the words backwards. He says, like, topic by topic backwards, right. like, off the cuff. Dude, I'm not racist. The premise for this is the first verse is him from the perspective of a white, uh, angry white MAGA guy, you know, with a Trump hat, and he's saying everything you hear uh, in this in this conversation. And then the response is him back to the white guy, and it's so fucking That's good. That's actually not him. <laughs> what? No, I mean the black guy in the video. That's not him. That's not him. Really? No, that's another black guy mouthing oh, his words. That's even more interesting. <laughs> I thought that guy looked like an actor nah, from somewhere. Yeah. Oh you know, shit! I, that, okay, I'm wrong. I thought, I thought that was him. So he's not even in this video. He's not in the video. But the video is great because you have this big, big fat white guy with a beard with a, with a uh, Make America Great hat, and this guy gets to mouth the n-word a lot and emphatically i was like what a fucking role for this white guy to get uh but it is a a, a really powerfully done piece and i was i was super proud i was like holy shit this is great i played it several times over and over again i can't believe that wasn't him i'm an idiot yeah they both did good jobs uh lip syncing though they did good jobs there you go new music finally joey austin here we go we're pressuring tony (laughs) sorry to put you on blast my buddy but Anthony, have you watched True Romance yet? Yes. Uh, my fat ass is doing CrossFit. The least you could do <laughs> is watch that movie. LOL. Seriously, one of my top five movies. Joey, congratulations on the CrossFit, man. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, that's awesome. And thank you for pushing Anthony to watch True Romance. One of the best movies ever, Anthony. Well, it's I'll a silly movie, but yeah, you should definitely watch it. I'll have that's to watch it one day. It. It's a... It's a fucking bonkers ass silly movie, but I fucking love it. I would love to review this and discuss this movie on the show because it, like I said, it's one of my favorite movies and it's a fucking roller coaster ride from beginning to end. One of the best Quentin Tarantino scripts he ever wrote, written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott, starring everyone, Anthony. I see this. I'm looking James at the Wikipedia. James Gandolfini, Dennis Hopper, uh, Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, uh, 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 what's his Val name? Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is in there. Um, Gary Olden, Gary Olden, Commissioner Gordon, Brad, yep. Uh, it is an amazing cast. Bronson Pinchot, Balky from Perfect Strangers. Music by Hans Zimmer. Wow. Yes, Hans Zimmer do it, and the music is great. Uh, the directing is great. It's a fucking great movie. So, you let me know when you watch it. When you want to watch it, you, we will. You know it. how this works. You have to set a time where I'm. You're All like, right. hey, we're reviewing this, and I'll watch it. All right. The next week there ain't shit to talk about. No, well, we got we got people paying us before well, we. Well, we'll go get through on those to, unless yeah. somebody wants to sign up for ten exactly. bucks a month. The people and that we got the people that are donating that we need to get to first. We will get to them, uh, but sign up. Force Anthony to watch True Romance. 
Uh, and then Anthony, shout out uh, your oh, yeah. voice from the underground. Appearance. I was on voice from the underground. Yeah, it was a, a last minute thing. They had a guest drop out and they hit me up on the bat phone and I was there to save the show. Or maybe Even not. though they, this is what they think about you. Let me tell you about Tony. All right. Tony ruins lives. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's from TJ. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting show. We kind of went off the rails right real quick. A lot of fun over there. Uh, you well, know, what I, happened to the FVFU? They got some drama. Didn't oh, they get a... Uh, they, oh, yeah, they got banned off they Twitter. They got banned on Twitter for getting into a thing with Dana Loesch about guns. Yeah. And then they got their Twitter account suspended, so they have a new one. They have a new one. We get into it on the show. Listen. But it's pretty funny. I got a, I a good... I got to congratulate them. Good for them on actually getting noticed by someone in power and causing a big stir. Let's not forget... The, Facebook and Twitter, this is not free speech, people. You can't, you can say whatever you want, but it's a business. They will shut you down if they don't like it. Well, what did they say? I wish I knew what they said to get in trouble. Uh, they were going back and forth with one of the one of Dana Loesch's supporters, and Dana Loesch's supporter was taking things out of context. You'd have to look at it, but the, the gist is they made a kind of a, like not a joke, but just being satirical, well, if you think this way, then you should go ahead and basically like kill yourself or Which something like that. Appeared to be a threat. So yeah, actually, it, it looked. It appeared to be some sort of threat or some sort of. But it, 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 the context of the conversation was. Well, lost. I got banned off yes. Twitter for telling yes. the same for thing. For telling happened. the it's guy similar to what happened to you. Yep. Yeah, yep. the guy who uh, designed the new Thundercats. He should take the th- sort of sort omens of omens and, and cut yeah. his head off. So yeah, very he similar himself. to what happened yeah, to you. So clearly, Twitter draws the line at, at threats, but they don't really look at it. They don't the look context at the context of the yeah. thing. Whether they're like, no, zero, zero tolerance policy if you're threatening, even if you're threatening someone with a fake fictional fucking thing. But if I tell you to kill yourself and you don't want to, yeah. You're not gonna do it. It's my right. I do. <laughs> oh, he I just do. told me to kill myself, so I guess I'm threatened. No, it's like suck your own dick. No, I don't want to. Okay, I'm well, not it. that flexible. Yeah, I haven't removed a couple ribs like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh yeah, that helps. It's just crazy. Oh, uh, well, look, just remember, it's not. It's, this is a company. You're posting things. It's just ridiculous. Free. I mean, that's I learned my lesson. I'm not going to do that anymore. But I mean, well, uh, not to get into a whole Twitter thing, but the. The um, I wouldn't even call it a privilege. the The responsibility of monitoring speech across yeah thousands of languages is, is is impossible. Yeah, it's got to be kind of hard. <laughs> How many- the, the the lines? It's it, it. I'm not envious of anyone that no. has to monitor speech. Yeah. No, and I've I've heard uh I've heard someone from Twitter. It was, I think they were on Reply All and they or some podcast they were they talking were about. Was it yeah? They right. They came yeah, on there Twitter right. Debate, yeah. They were talking about how they handle this stuff and how much stuff they have to go through. And they were like, "This is impossible. Like, how could you stop everything?" Especially, especially when you incorporate other languages, the yes, slang, yes. and the, the and you meanings things. behind yes. phrases in other languages. What's the worst thing you could probably say to somebody on Twitter and get get away with it? And get gonna, away I'm with gonna, it? I'm, oh, and get away with it. I don't you can know, call shit. him a pedophile all day long, right? I don't even know. You can accuse somebody of pedophilia but or that's, necrophilia. That's, that's libel or slander or the one that's not printed. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. But no, clearly, I see people. I see people uh, you see people tweeting some horrendous shit yeah, and, they, and nothing horrendous happens to shit them. like that. Nothing yes. happens to them. So I don't know. Where's the line? Anyways, <laughs> that's the show. Rugs, where can the listener find you? On Twitter, trying to get banned again. <laughs> trying to get. Uh, protecting voice from the underground from a certain death. At Really uh, Rugboy. At least that's they let right. you come back. 
Yeah, I, I, it took me a week to come back. Just a week? I don't think they're getting theirs back. He made a new one. Uh, check out the show notes for this episode, listenerjogginner.com slash 290. Links to everything we talk about, how to subscribe, how to support, how to get in touch so you never miss a show. Share the link. Spread the geekery. Uh, that is your mission always. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. My balls were hot. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good.